Good morning, Echo Church Online fam. What up, what up, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Did you welcome the people? Yeah, welcome. Oh, oh welcome. Okay, hey, what's up, what's up? Um, we have been so blessed to be able to share content with you online. Our Echo Kids Sunday service is going to be discontinued starting in June. And I know that might be a little disappointing to some, but we want to give our full attention to the kids that are coming here to Echo every Sunday. And we have so much in store for them. This summer, we get to do summer camps. Isaiah, how do you feel about summer camps? I love summer camp sam did they affect you for the rest of your life when the you went rest, as a child the rest of my life yes was your faith deepened yes did you build relationships sure did oh amen. so good man if you have any children that are entering third through graduated seniors mm -hmm. please consider camp this summer we had all the details go out this week in an email but if you didn't get them email in hey at we're the echo dot church we'd love to get that info your way yes let's talk generosity generosity if you're looking to give this morning there's three ways to do that mm -hmm. you can do the qr code on the screen yes. text message or the giving app mm -hmm. there is scripture that states in matthew where your the treasures are there your heart lies yeah. and this morning as a person that's been a recipient of much giving mm -hmm. and it's such a blessing to receive that mm -hmm. i encourage you this morning to give and find your blessing there. That's right. Super encouraging. See what God does, yo. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> we have an awesome message for you today from the one, the only, Professor Ron Ferguson. Yes. He is speaking on just what it means to be a neighbor. And guys, I'm telling you, it mm -hmm. is powerful. So good. So I hope you're ready to receive this morning. We hope you enjoy Echo Online. I won't forget the wonder of how you Exodus of my heart You found me You freed me Held back the waters From my release Oh Yahweh You're the
every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Father, we just believe this morning that there was power in the name of Jesus. Father, that you are able to break every chain. You are able to raise people from the dead still. You're able to heal the sick, Father. We believe that here at Echo Church. Father, we just lift up praise to your heavenly name. Let's give him a shout of praise this morning. We thank you, Jesus. series called Hear Us Roar. We're we're actually trying to just leverage the story uh, and people's stories in in mirroring with uh, and uh, putting alongside or underneath the story of God and how it could be applicable to our life, that, that, that there's, there's so many things that we can learn when we lean in and, uh, and just ask someone to give us their perspective. And uh, so we had something planned for today, and about midweek, I felt like it was only time, it was actually time to make a, a little bit of an audible. And the reason being is last Sunday, or last Sunday night, um, Obviously, the world in Minnesota was shook again. And many of us were, were viewing this circumstance and the situation with a different lens. And, and, uh, and you all remember last summer with George Floyd and, and the circumstances there and how difficult it was to watch the video and just watch the aftermath and watch people uh, really progress through that circumstance and that situation. And so I just felt compelled that we should do a little bit, uh, we should do something different today. And, uh, but before I invite a guest to come up here and share his story and to share his perspective and what God has been doing in his life and some of the wisdom that he can give us as a church, I just felt like I need to confess before you a few things. Some of you are sitting there like really worried. <laughs> like, oh no, what is he going to say? Uh, well, just bear with me because I think you'll relate. The first confession I want to tell you is when a circumstance um, that happened with Dante, with George Floyd, uh, other circumstances, other tragic scenarios that happened, I just want to confess, I don't really know what to do. I don't know how, what to do as a father. I don't know what to do as a friend. Uh, And then it kind of levels up because I'm a pastor and a leader. So I'm like, what do I do? And I feel a certain pressure that that I put upon myself. And I really, I, I wish I knew and had all of the answers. I wish I had like, you know, the, the step one through 10 that we should, uh, you know, apply to our life to be able to just uh, respond correctly. And then you, you put in the mix, not only our individual walks and our individual uh, response to a circumstance or a situation that we're walking through right now in our backyard, right? Um, you bring in the church and you ask, I have to ask, like, what should we do collectively? 
Honestly, a lot of these thoughts were just spurred on by a phone call from a friend that attends Echo, and he just adamantly feels compelled, like it's time to act, and it's time to move. And and in that moment, I was just like, I wish I had the answer. I don't really know what to do. This, And the second confession is this, is I don't even know what to say. I don't know what the right thing is to say. I don't even know, to be honest, at moments what the wrong thing is to say. And then, but I am completely familiar with the narrative in the culture. And that narrative says that if you say nothing, that you might be saying something. And although that is true, sometimes it's not. And I feel like I relate to that second component because in this very moment, it's one of those times where, where honestly, I feel like I'm, I want to position myself to listen. I want to uh, honestly begin to study and, and to process through. I want to learn and consider what the right next step should be. I think this is honestly just a great time to do two things. Number one, I think this is the best time to lean into scripture. Can I hear an amen? Because Jesus was relevant. Not only was there power in his name, there was power in what he lived and what he said and what he's handed down to us through the generations. But I also think that it's a really, really great time to ask someone else to share their perspective and their view of of the current cultural moment. And so today, can we just give my friend, uh, Ron Ferguson, an echo welcome. Will you stand up on your feet? Let's... Uh, As you find your seat, I I just have to ask you, how many of you remember hearing from Ron online church service about nine months ago? Okay, I told told Ron, I was like, hey, you know what? There's only going to be a few people that that remember you because, uh, man, there's there's something special going on at Echo. And uh, it's just awesome to be a part of it. And so many new people have called Echo Church home and... and, um, and I'm honored to do that. And I think it's, this is one of those pinnacle moments. Um, well, let me just say it like this. So many times in a week like this, we like to posture ourselves into a, a political stance. But I believe this moment should be a, a pinnacle discussion. This should be a discussion. This should be a conversation that truly begins to guide us, not only individually, but collectively as a church to respond appropriately. And I told you, Ron, when, when I had that conversation with my friend, um, and it was, it was not in reflection to him, it was in reflection to me and my leadership. I felt confronted with um, that conversation happening too late. Like when George Floyd died, you know, I I started positioning myself to listen and learn and have conversations with you and other people that that might be able to give me a different perspective uh, than just the middle-aged white man that sometimes grows a mustache and wishes he had dreads. Uh, (laughs) But I felt like this was a moment where, like, maybe we should have been better prepared. And I want to be a church that responds to a circumstance that may happen in the future. I don't think the answer, I don't think the question is if it happens, it's more or less when. Um, and, I, and I hope and wish for a better world 
at the same time, like I want to be prepared for the future. And really this discussion, you sharing your story, the wisdom, uh, the psychology, the sociology that you have to offer, man, I really want us to just lean in and apply so many of the things that you shared in first service and how you're going to tell us in second. So Ron, why don't you give us a little background of who you are, where you come from, and where you're going. First off, I want to say thank you so much for having me, Echo Church. Uh, my name is Ron Ferguson. I am originally from the U.S. Virgin Islands, and I'm going to share a little bit about my story to give context to what I'm going to share with all of you today. Uh, again, being from the Virgin Islands, it's a little bit warmer than it is here, if you probably, maybe you know. And uh, you know, I didn't know that at first. I used to think, uh, I moved to North Dakota actually first, and I thought, North Dakota, North Carolina, what's the difference? Big difference, <laughs> just to be clear, big difference. But being from the Caribbean, it was all the same to me. You know, the, the 48 contiguous states seemed pretty, no. Moving to Fargo, North Dakota, as a, as a young man, uh, it, was a, it was quite a change for me weather-wise. But not just weather-wise. It was quite a change for me in terms of the social climate I was in. You see, for me, being from the Caribbean, with lots of different colors and hues and cultures, it's very different coming to a Midwest North Dakota, where, by the way, Midwesterners do have an accent, because people, people are we have an accent? Yes, big accent, <laughs> knew I was in a different place, but also recognizing that I was different to others. And not only was it just the understanding of I was different, but how I was treated. And so being a young guy, 17, 18 years old, in the Midwest, um, a lot of pretty rough things happened to me, church. Um, racial epithets yelled at me, people uh, telling me I wasn't welcome here or there, um, learning that there was people with real animosity against those with difference. And coming from the place I did, where I was already living a life of struggle, it just made me angry and hard. I don't know if any of you can relate to that this morning, that when you are angry and it hardens you. And what I felt like looking around on the narrative on young black men in our society, I thought I was just going to be another statistic. And I was going to live that out because what the heck, I might as well do it on my terms. So I lived wild, I was rebellious, I, got, I lost a lot of the opportunities I had when I first came up here. I fought and I was angry and I was literally ready just to give up. I was ready to just end it. And, and you know what? But for the grace of God. Come on. Y'all hear me? You've had that moment. But for the grace of God, who immediately in that time that it was all over, he came in and said, no, not today. Yeah. Yes. I literally, in that moment, one day I was on my way, I was on the downtown area like this, on my way with some friends of mine, a couple other disaffected young guys, angry, um, you know, uh, just feeling rejected and outcasts in our society. We just were causing trouble. We were actually going to go get into, uh, we had a disagreement with a group of other guys. And when I say disagreement, I'm not talking about like some talk we were going to have, a debate <laughs> focus group about how we some felt. Some coffee. Some coffee talk, you know, like share our disagreement. No, we were going we to fight it out. I was going to fight these guys and my friend. We were so angry and that was normal for me. And I didn't care if I went to jail. I didn't care what happened to me because this was my story anyway. I just figured I'd live it out. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. So as I'm with my crew, we're walking down the street 
this guy just jumps right in the middle of us, like interrupts our whole drama we had going. And he was really happy. And, and so he comes in, he's like, hey, how are you? What's your name? And I was like, who are you? And why are you getting in our way? And he stopped me and asked me my name, and he wanted to know some things about me. And then he did something wild. It's Saturday night, we're fine. He invited me to church. He goes, I'd love to pick you up and bring you to church with me. And I was like, what? You know what I'm going to do, right? I'm sitting here. I probably had been drinking that day. I, I, I was with my boys. We were going to get in a fight, and he's inviting me to hang out with him on a Sunday morning. I was angry at him, actually. I wasn't happy he was doing this. And so as I'm talking, I said, you know what? He goes, hear me out. And so I kept talking with him. And what he was doing, I didn't realize at the time, or what God had ordained, was he was distracting me to the point where the rest of my crew left without me. They actually went to the coffee talk without me, and uh, they ended up getting in trouble. The cops showed up to the coffee talk. They got in big trouble. He kept me there and distracted me, and I ended up agreeing to go to church with him the next day. Now, he bribed me. He said, breakfast. I said, breakfast? He said, yeah, I'll give you a whole breakfast, whatever you want. So I had the breakfast, went to church. And if he would have stopped there, that's a neat story. But what he did was he continued to mentor me. He kept bringing me. He goes, I want to bring you to Sunday night service. And I want to bring you to a Bible study. And by the way, and he realized my needs. He goes, I, I, uh, I'd like to buy you some clothes. He bought me the first suit I've ever had in my life. I want to hang, and he had Christian friends. I want to bring you on my friends. You see, he included me. I wasn't just some other he was helping out. I was actually part of his crew, so to speak, and, and following after God and learning and reading the Bible and growing, and I'd ask him questions, and he was available. And you know what? That moment of my life changed. Actually, it was on one of those Sunday mornings, Sunday evening services. I met my wife in the front row. I'm sitting with this guy, and I met my wife, and... The rest is history. <laughs> God changed and delivered me during that time. He gave me a beautiful family. He encouraged me to go through college, got my undergrad degree, and then I got my master's degree, and then I got my PhD, Come and on, I became man. a professor, and I published and researched and involved myself in so many wonderful things, but for the grace yes. of God. That's so good. That's who he is. He showed up. Come on. So, so what now, man? You know, like you had mentioned, you were at some point, um, you almost lived out a self uh, prophesied yep. statistic. Yep. And one of the reasons why I love having a conversation with you is because you've, you've fought against adversity and, and you stand up for what is right. And you're willing to get, get dirty in the work. Yeah. That's what I've watched from you for the last few years is, is, man, you're a hard worker. I mean, we got Dr. Ron Ferguson in the house. Man, that, that's, not, that's not like you wake up and one day you open a Cracker Jack box and you get that title. That doesn't work like that for most of us at least. So... <laughs> You've worked really, really, really hard, and, and, and I sense that the Lord has done a work in you, probably not overnight. It was probably, it took progress, right, a process. Um, but man, you're here today, and you're, you're, you're living out a passionate pursuit to, to step into other people's lives. And so I just want to honor you for that reason. At the same time, I, you know, I don't look like you. Like I said, I used to have dreadlocks. 
uh, not nearly as nice as you. I got dread envy today. That's all I could think about in first service, but I didn't, I didn't get to say it, so I said it twice. Um, you have a different perspective. You're seeing things differently. Uh, your, your life circumstances um, has just led you down a different journey than I have and some of us in this room. And so, man, I just love to know what your perspective is for this very moment, this cultural moment. And then how, what could you give us to, to lean it towards scripture and then apply it to our life? Like, what, what do you got to offer, man? No, that's an awesome question, and thank you. And, you know, maybe we could work out the dreads again. I don't know. Because he passed with Andy rocking some dreads. That might be, uh, we can bring it back. We can do it. <laughs> you shave yours off, I'll make it. Oh, no, well, yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. <laughs> but, but church, uh, one of the things, as I think about this question, I think it applies to me, it applies to all of us, that we wrestle with this. What do, what, what do we do how should we respond to everything going on? And make no mistake, the enemy would like nothing more to continue division, and if not division, then complacency. Mm. You know what, Let someone else do it. When realizing it takes all of us, right? Yeah. We are the church. And, and in that, I think about my go-to, as I share with you, is looking at, as, as Pastor Andy said, leaning on the scriptures, right? Because I know that I'm going to fumble through it. There's, there's no perfect practice, but there are perfect principles that the scriptures provide all of us. And as I've been on my heart recently, I think about the, the, the book of Luke, right, in the Bible, in, particularly as I think in chapter 10, 23, and I think about the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And I think about why Jesus told that story, and to think about who is your neighbor, and how powerful that was. And how maybe to those that were asking the question, his answer being as seemingly scandalous as it was, as he answers it to challenge them and their thinking. And so as we look at the principles in that, I want us to consider where do we start? Where do we begin our process, right? And the first thing I wanna talk about is the conversation is we need to see or look around us a little bit better. Now, what I'm saying isn't through our, like, just seeing around us, because I know we can see diversity. In many ways, difference is one of the first things we do see. We recognize when things don't look like us. But I'm talking about really seeing the person in front of you, right? We live in diverse neighborhoods and communities, yet there's so many people we haven't ever had over for dinner. We don't know their story. We don't understand their experiences, and we haven't seen them. You know, I I think about what, uh, I'm a sociologist by training, and I think about what George Simmel, he's a sociologist, he says, you know, the stranger is a paradox. It's it's both near and far away. Think about the Jew, during during the time Jesus is telling the story, Samaria was only 35 miles away in northern Israel. Only 35 miles. Yet, to the Jews, Samaritans might have been a million miles away. Let's just be clear with the animosity and the contempt for for that community. And I think it's very important that Jesus used the Samaritan in that story as our, the person doing good as our neighbor as well. How many people, and I think about this, Ron, how many people around me, I don't see them. I don't see their story. See, in that time of my life, when I was so hurt and frustrated and angry, that 
that guy that was so full of joy and to me seemed goofy to jump in the middle of a imminent brawl. He jumps in and he saw me in that moment. I'd like to believe that Jesus directed him to see me mm-hmm. and he saw me in ways that were beyond the physical. He didn't just see the narrative about young black men or he didn't care about the fact I was going to go fight or I probably had been drinking that night or, or all the other things that are going on. He saw the person that was just like him that needed a savior, yep. that needed direction. And it's beyond looking, right? Because we got to see him. We got to see him. We got to invite people over. We got to connect. But we also need to listen. I have to be honest, when I talk about listening, for me, I oftentimes, when I see hurt and pain, I, I oftentimes are ready, I'm ready to, to tell them what I think the problem is. Well, I see your problem. <laughs> I know what's going on with you. If you just had this, 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 and this, things would be better. But oftentimes when I do that, I don't really stop to listen. You know, in sociology, we use this term, the German word for listen is verstehen. That means really to understand. And you know how that, in that, in that German, that means to really understand by like kind of walking in someone else's shoes, to listen. And how often are we in these times of turmoil stopping to listen to those around us? You know, it, it was a time I was in Chicago. My wife and I have been doing 17 years of working in the south side Chicago of Inglewood. We go every summer, going to summer, excited, praise God. Uh, we had to miss last summer because of the situation that we have going on with COVID. Um, but the time I was there about five years ago, it was a recent shooting that occurred. And a guy was very angry because, you know, we were a group of people from Minnesota and North Dakota going to Inglewood, Chicago. He wasn't too thrilled with that. <laughs> Our intentions were to obviously be there as a support, but he saw it in a very different light. He was angry, so angry. And of course, our group said, hey, Ron, why don't you go talk to that guy? <laughs> like he was like really mad. And so I said, okay. And you know, I went in there because I kind of had a sense of what he might be mad about. Like I was thinking about it. And I wanted to start with this uh, quote of whole spiel I had to like, I know what you're going through and this and that and the other. And I, I had a kind of move in myself to say, Ron, don't do that again. Stop, Ron, listen. You know, like, it, like you know, before, you know, seek to understand before being understood, Ron. And so I stopped and, and I asked the guy in humility, I said, look, I don't, I don't understand what you're going through. And this is how I said it. Can you help me because I need to understand. And in that moment, he was very belligerent and angry his countenance changed. And he said, no one has ever asked me that before. Which I was taken aback by because I was just being faithful and moved to say that because I so often am ready to jump to, here's what you're going through to help me help you. <laughs> and he, he told me what was going on in Inglewood and what was going on in the community and how things were happening and what we were doing and all these things. And I was able to understand You know, I think about that for all of us. How often are we stopping to listen to those around us and saying, help me understand. I need to hear your story. You know, over many meals that I got from the guy that stopped me that day, he he would always bribe me. Hey, I'll take you out to eat. And I always took him up on it. (laughs) But you know, he would listen to me go on and on, my anger, my frustration. 
And it was so powerful. But you know, as we listen, you're going to hear stories. You're going to hear things. And this leads me to my third point, to really as we moved from looking to listening, we need to grieve. We need to grieve together as we recognize the pain in our world, in our society, and in our own neighborhoods. Yep. And so it takes time for grief, right? You know, I, I know if you're like me, we live in a society of, I'm going to use Minnesota, North Dakota parlance, and we need to get her done. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's jump into action. We got to get this going now. And that urgency is warranted, to be honest. I mean, the sense of we needed to do it yesterday in terms of unity and reconciliation and, and really meeting needs, that's accurate. But grieving takes time. And I'll tell you what this is all about for us. It's about being present with those that are hurting. You know, I, I heard someone say once, it's powerful to me, that sometimes our presence is our ministry. Because this idea that, well, you know, what am I going to do? No, just be there. Be there for me. That man sat across from me and watched me cry. You know, I got locked up once. He came, to, he came and visited me and listened to me. And I was upset. And I'm sitting behind a glass. And I'm angry. He's sitting there with me. And he's listening to me. Wow. And I just can't tell you how. It wasn't what he said. Like he had this profound word. He just had space for me. And I, I ask, like all of us, to think about, are we allowing space for others that we can listen? Half the time when I'm talking to people, I'm thinking about my response. I'm not listening to them. And so I'm asking all of us to consider, as we are looking and, lis and listening, that, that we take the time to grieve, that our presence is there. You know what that also gives us? It gives us a sense of understanding and empathy. You know, I'm going to invoke my Brene Brown and say, you know, it's not just standing outside of the hole, but it's getting in the hole with people. Yep. You know, and I like to think in those times of my mentorship with, with uh, that, that man that stood up for me, he got in the hole with me. Yep. He came to the jail to see me. He walked with me when I had nothing. He took, put, I was unchurched. I was rowdy in the church. People were like, who's that guy in here? He, that's my friend. He's with me. He stood with me, and it was powerful. He grieved with me. We need to grieve with one another. And so that, that, is, that is a powerful piece, right? But, but eventually, and I think we're doing this the whole time, is recognizing that neighbor is a verb yeah. as well as a noun. And being a verb as a neighbor is about thinking about what the Samaritan actually did. You know, I always think about myself honestly in the story. If I see this going on, I'm calling 911. I'm like, that's what I'm doing. 911, there's a guy over here, he got, he got jacked, help him out. I did my part. You know, the Samaritan did what we call above and beyond. Yep. He didn't just treat him like, you know, I'm going to call 911, maybe I'll wait for the ambulance. No, he's like, I'm going to help you, I'm going to put you up, I'm going to treat you like family. Yep. You know, acting as, an, acting as a neighbor is treating the other that we've sent over there as one of us, Come on. as family. Do you recognize when I shared the story about the guy that got in the middle of my fight? Like, he invited me to hang out with his friends. I wasn't just this guy he was ministering to. I became part of the group. And I felt that. You know, we like to call it authentic. Right? And I thought he was authentic. And I was drawn to that. I was drawn to his joy and his authenticity. And that he 
reached out and, 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 and grabbed me. But let me just tell you, the first step, as we're excited to do that, is starting with ourselves. I need to start with the fact and reality that I am the product of all this environment I have around me. I see difference. I buy into stereotypes. I believe things that may or may not be accurate. I've jumped to conclusions. I have. Oh, with all your training people at my college, I've actually in my college, I do a lot of the trainings and equity work and all this, and, and I'll say, I need more training. They're like, you, you're like the expert, and I can't stand that. Like, I'm a learner. Yeah. The moment I start thinking, I got this, and I'm already in trouble. Yeah. And so I'm always learning. I'm always asking. I'm always going out, and, and I'm in, daring to invite people in. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to challenge you this. In all this, in the introspection, and as you then reach out into the community, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because you're not going to get it right all the time. You will fumble and flail. But isn't that us? We all are. We need Jesus in all of this. Yeah. Lord, help me be a good neighbor. Lord, help me learn what to say. Help me know how to deal with the fact that I don't always have it right or when I mess up. Give me humility, Lord, to, to ask for forgiveness when I make mistakes or I offend. Because we will. it's not if, it's when we do that. And don't let us paralyze us from moving to action. Because oftentimes that's what it does. I was sharing in the last service about someone that wouldn't go, they didn't know how to even say hi to their, their Muslim neighbor down the road because I don't, I don't want to mess up. Just go say hi to them. Welcome them to the community. We are the church. Yeah. And it's a verb. It's going out there. They know us by our love. Yes. You know, I, I, I want to tell you, the guy that met me in the middle of that fight, if that was a Damascus moment for me, I'm sure I, it was. He met me in the middle of that fight I was going to have with another group, and, and he had such joy, I didn't understand what it was all about. And so I ask you, in the action work, we do things that we live our life in such a way that demands an explanation. As one friend of mine says, what is up with you? You have such joy. You're reaching out to people. You know, I've done research all over, and a lot of people uh, have, in surveys I've done in various parts of Minnesota, have said things like, you know, they haven't invited anyone over of a different culture community for dinner. Dinner makes a difference. <laughs> and so the idea is that as we break bread, as we share, we have the opportunities to see and listen and grieve, and then we can act in these ways and continue to do it. And it doesn't end. And in my life, it doesn't end. And so, you know... As I think about what you can do, it's, I can imagine the moment where this guy sees two groups, you know, a group of black men going to get in a fight, and he says, I'm going to go invite that guy to church. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what, that's crazy. <laughs> but he did it. Yep. And it changed my life. You have the capacity in your testimony and in the time that you yes. can give with others to do the same for others. And I just encourage you in that. Come on, let's hear it for Ron. I'm going to ask the band, they can make their way up as we prepare to respond and just process a lot of the things you just shared Ron, uh, that's, uh, some of those things are really challenging to me personally. Um, I'd like to think that I see. I'd like to think that I listen. But I know I could do a little bit better in grieving. Yeah. 
It's, I think grieving is a, a learned behavior. And I think we all like to remain comfortable. Yeah. And you know, your statement of, let's say that again, the comfort, comfort, comfortable. Yeah, be comfortable in being uncomfortable. <laughs> being comfortable in being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think we all need some help with that. Um, I think we're pretty good at avoiding those spaces and therefore we never get to that action component. And I just want to say thank you for sharing your story, being uh, real, giving us your perspective to help us prepare for the future now. That this relationship uh, uh, that we have and you have now with the people of Echo, what I'd hope it would do is prepare us to act appropriately next time that we might be effective we wouldn't just be another voice but we would be like that man who stepped into your life led by the spirit out of his comfort and ultimately i believe truly ushered you into your calling and man what a blessing it is to sit by you god is good yes so i i didn't share this last hour but i feel compelled to share it this hour there's there's a story in the book of acts it's really the act the acts of the disciples what happens after jesus dies how is this going to look what what is going to shape up the future church and there's just one story it's it's kind of short it's kind of odd but this man makes this 3000 mile journey from ethiopia to come worship at the temple and he's known as the Ethiopian eunuch. And when he arrives at the temple, he's turned away because of his physical issues, the way he looked, what he was incapable of doing, some physical constraints that were beyond his you know, control. And I just want all of us to put ourselves into that situation that we've just traveled maybe 150 days to make our one pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship the God that we believe in. They walk into the, he walks in or tries to walk into the temple and because of physical deformity, he's turned away. What I'm thankful for is that the story's not done there. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But how many people are in this world and because of the way they look or the way that they talk or way, because of the narrative that they believe in, man, they have been turned away and they have no hope. They're operating in anger. They're trying to figure out their own comfort and their own control. And man, it's not working. But yet Jesus, but God, he sends a man named Philip that just happens to be just for a short period of time walking on the same road that he's traveling on. And Philip is welcomed him. He kind of welcomes himself into the conversation. And shortly thereafter, this Ethiopian man is baptized in the waters of obedience and he follows Jesus. And then all of a sudden the disciple disappears. It's where it kind of gets strange. This man is sent back by the Holy Spirit to Ethiopia and he's led, we, we're led to believe, historians are led to believe that he is the founder of the Ethiopian church, one of the oldest churches today. And you know why? It's because God's not done yet. 
And uh, I'm moved emotionally because you were faithful today to share your story, to share, share the wisdom and share your perspective, really your journey along the way and where your modern day Philip met you. And man, I, I sense some of us, we walked into this space and we feel overwhelmed because this week and how heavy it is. Maybe for some of us, it's just another week, but it'd be hard. Uh, I, I think we'd be hard pressed to find someone that isn't overwhelmed right now because the task at hand is larger than just us. It's bigger than just me. It's bigger than just you. It's bigger than just Echo Church. And I just sense the Lord, as we begin to respond here in a moment, wants to do a work in us. And I think it would be only appropriate for you to pray that the Lord would do his work in us. Can you do that, Ron? I would. And again, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. You know, one of my life aspirations. I have a few phrases that is so important to me, my own mission statement. But one of them that I want to share with you is I don't want to be right. I want to be effective. And so I ask that for all of us as we seek what principles the Lord has for us as we move into this diverse world. Lord, I just thank you so much uh, for having us here today and Pastor Andy for allowing this conversation to take place. Uh, I ask that we, as a church and as individuals, can see the diversity around us and recognize their need. Humble ourselves so much, Lord, to listen and learn from those around us. Give us all the capacity to stop and say, help me understand. I pray that move in people, that they're willing to grieve together, to pause, to be present and make space. I pray that we all have those opportunities, even today, that we're able to then be moved, Lord, to, to be the neighbor in a ver as a verb, Lord, that we're moving to action, that we know that the enemy wants division but we want to unify as a body, to bring people in, just as, Lord, you brought us in, and that we recognize the, the great power that has and the possibilities, and I pray that over Echo today, that God just, just reach into their lives and touch their hearts. Yes, Jesus. Again, make that neighbor real to us, yes. present. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can we just say, say thanks to Ron once again? Would everybody rise? Let's take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to continue the message in your heart today.
Verse 15 says this, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Picture somebody in your life that when something good happens is the first person to celebrate with you. Picture somebody in your life that when things are bad, the look on their face says that their heart is broken like your heart is broken. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Now this week, we had, a, we had a family over at our house for dinner. You know what happened when we had that family over for dinner? We'd met them at church, we met them here. Didn't really know them, we had them over for dinner. They went from being somebody to being our neighbor. There is something powerful about opening up your life to somebody else. There is something powerful about letting down some of the walls in your life and letting somebody else in. And you know what's interesting is a lot of you in this room, you probably have lots of friends. You probably have lots of people you're connected with, lots of people you love and spending time around. But there's other people in the room that aren't quite there. And what if we, as a church, just let down some walls? What if we invited some people over for dinner? What if we connected just a little further and took some steps? What if the church on a broader scale, let's think a little bigger picture. What if the church on a broader scale started letting down walls. Yeah, I think about the enemy and the enemy's, the enemy's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the tools that the enemy has used for way too long is our culture and our complexion, our skin tones. Those are the things that we've, the enemy's used way too much to divide us. We're not gonna stand for that anymore as a church, guys. We are gonna start today asking and seeking to understand we are gonna to start today stepping out to be a family that just puts our arms around people, that rejoices when people rejoice and mourns with people who mourn. And I believe, even starting here in our third floor, you know, parquet floored, folding chair room, that God can move in such a big way that lives can be changed. I, I just, I think about you, Ron, and I think about the story of a man investing his life in you. And now I look at Ron here, investing his life in us. You never know what that step might do. You never know what opening up just a little bit and investing in somebody. And one thing I love that you said, you weren't just some ministry project. You were a part of his life. You were friends. Not projects, man, just friends, just family. I like family. We're in this together. I love neighbor as a verb. What if we did that? What if we were neighbors? What if we loved one another? What if we stepped out a little bit and stopped getting caught up in the things that, for, that culture has decided is the most important thing? But the only way we can do this is supernaturally. The truth is we're all finite, we're all limited, we all have bias, we all have frustrations, we all have long weeks, we all have all these things going on. And so what we need is we need Jesus. So one of the things we do every week at church is we say a prayer together. And one of the points of this prayer that has always meant the most to me is, even though I don't know all the answers and I have lots of questions and I'm still struggling through my faith, can I tell you something? God is big enough for your doubt. God is big enough for the challenges out there. So we say this prayer every single week. 
And we just use this as an opportunity for those of us that have been following Jesus for a while, maybe it's just a reminder. And for those of you that maybe don't follow Jesus yet or maybe haven't for a long time, we invite you to say this prayer with us. as just a reminder and a step towards that faith. So let's maybe get the prayer up on the screen. I mean, I know it and I know a lot of you guys do too, but I just want to be sensitive. Love it. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. And we all say, amen. Let's celebrate some people into the kingdom today. Yeah. I have one more story I want to tell you guys, and I want, I want to do this. When you give at Echo, when you're willing to make a financial commitment, I just want you to know lives are changed because of it. And we got a message this morning, and my wife sent this over. I'm just going to read this. Like, this is, sometimes we don't know the difference we're making. Sometimes we don't know, and I want to read this. I want to reach out and tell you that your organization is making a difference. As a born and raised Rochesterian, which I thought was a really great, great phrase, Rochesterian, I have been able to view your content during my deployment here in the Middle East. My girl back home loves the ministry and has sent me some of your swag to rep here during my time. So there's a picture of him wearing an Echo hat in this video. Thank you for your efforts and allowing God to speak through you. We all need it. You guys are making a difference around the world. I just want to say thank you for being willing to give, for being willing to lay yourself down and to trust God and to just do big things. Those of you guys that have stepped out, I love the idea. We talked about this last week. Test God. I feel like every time I see something like this, I'm like, well, God's coming through. God's doing what he said, and I'm going to keep being faithful and moving forward. And I have one last group I want to talk to today. If you are new to Echo today. If this is your first time or maybe your first time or two and you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to hang out. Maybe I'm in. Would you guys step out to the info table out there? We have a gift for every one of you. We are so glad you're here and we'd love to welcome you into our family. Echo, we love you. Have an amazing week.